Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexander Stevenson, and I'm here with Hugh Levadier, aka Oogie. Welcome, Oogie. Hey, Alexandra. How are you? I'm doing well. It was a bit of a rough week last week. My power went out for three whole days. And I have to say, it's hard when you don't have power, but then you have to look at what's going on in the world and be thankful. I still had running water and I had a cooler for my food and I was on the court all day. So it worked out. But yeah, you kind of forget that you actually need a computer. You need an iPhone to power up. And then to do a podcast, you actually need power. So that's why we missed last week. That's right. You, you, you just send me a, a text. I don't have any power. What's going on in California? I'm like, what's going on? I mean, you're like high winds. They had to shut down power. And I'm like, okay, yeah, well, okay? ever, ever since the big fires um, a couple of years ago in California, now they just do like roaming, roving power shut out. So Ooh. they'll just say your power is going to be out for three days and sorry, but not sorry. Wow. We could never yeah. do that in Canada, otherwise we'd freeze to death. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, back online, Oogie. So yeah. let's get to it. Wow. We've got wow. a lot to talk about. So much has happened in a couple of weeks, but the more the, the burning question to me is, have you gone back to the waves? I did. I went back <laughs> no. one other one other time. I did pretty well. I got up six times surfing. So, uh-huh. but now he went on a little vacation, my surfing coach. So I'm waiting till next week to go. But the waves <laughs> actually, the last couple of days were very flat. So it okay. wasn't a good time to go. It's still hot. It's like 85 degrees out here and it's still dry. We're still kind of in a Santa Ana weather pattern, but the mm-hmm. waves have not been good. So I have not been back in the ocean, but I did do Pilates two or three times. Ooh. Yeah. So doing, doing some Pilates. Yeah. Being on the court, you know, I have to keep strong to play all this tennis I'm playing with all my kids, but yeah. let's get to it. The WTA, what is going on? I mean, first of all, they put the championships in Cancun. Okay. Oogie. So you look at it and you go, Oh, it's Cancun, right? Oh, how cool. Let's go to Cancun. Well, <laughs> Oogie, it's October, November. Do you know it's hurricane season it's true. in Mexico? Yes. So Acapulco just had a Category 5 hurricane, which was tragic. And Whoa. Rafael Nadal showed on his Instagram the stadium that was totally crushed and wiped out by the hurricane. And he was saying, he's so sorry and please help them. And then the WTA, a week later, holds the championships for the top eight women in the world in Cancun. Now I know Cancun is not by Acapulco, but it's still by the beach and there's still hurricanes. And look at the scheduling, rain, wind, terrible surface. The Mm -hmm. court wasn't even ready yet because probably all the hurricane relief that had gone into Acapulco, All the workers, you know, it's Mexico. It's hard enough to get people off a siesta sometimes and to get a lot of workers going fast is not easy. And they have their certain hours in the middle of the day, they take a break. But so when something has to get ready fast, good luck. Tough to do. And you're right. A lot of of the female female players 
were complaining about it. I mean, Sabalenka said something in the first press conference. Uh, there was a lot of commotion over there. And I mean, even the players didn't know like if they were, if they were going to be able to play the tournament. So it's they're down to the finals. I mean, on Monday. Yeah, so they're in the finals now. And look, they got through it, but it was tough watching. And I know Vondrosova, she came out and she said, look, it's my first championships. And I'm so disappointed because I was looking forward to it. And this is what I get. The court's not even a, a good court. It plays weird. They're saying it plays slow. And then you can't really slide on it. And then it's kind of like mm. it's not really fast. And then you have winds at all different kinds of angles. I mean, talk about learning how to play in the wind. Jess oh. Pagula has the perfect game for it because she hits low and flat and absorbs yep. the ball. So it's no mm -hmm. surprise she did really well and nothing affects her, right? So she yep. has a good mental game for it. But good I know Marquetta yep. was upset. I know Sabalenka went after them. And then mm. you have the other side saying, well, why are these players going after the WTA? Well, they should. This is their big moment. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I've been through it on the tour with the WTA, yep. the CEOs. We always have interchanging CEOs. Steve Simon has been the CEO the last nine years. Martina Navratilova is calling for a woman to run it. We've had women run it. Stacey Allister ran it when I was playing. When I hurt my shoulder, I went and met with the tour and she said, well, this is not a training ground for the WTA. You can't just come back. You need to figure it out on yourself. So she has now gone on to do great things for the U.S. Open, but the WTA was a tough spot for her. So mm. it, re it really needs to have a whole overhaul. That's what I think. And I think now with the movement going on with social media and players speaking out more and having a voice, Mm -hmm. Things have to start changing. You're right. There's a makeover to come. Yeah. Well, you know what else is interesting? So the Professional Tennis Players Association, I have read online. Now, you know, everything online isn't right. But I've read <laughs> that Bethany Maddox-Sands has taken up a leadership role. And she's behind the scenes, you know, pushing it. And she has no problem speaking out and being for players and having oh, yeah. a voice and she knows great. how to get her opinions across. Right. So she's a great advocate for that. So mm -hmm. I heard that they have sent out that they want a better schedule. Yep. The top 20 players have come to a standstill and they finally got together and sent this out. They want qualification rules. So instead of having four weeks to get into a tournament, they want it down to three weeks. Because sometimes you can lose points. You know how we had to look at the point system and see what week I was defending mm -hmm. and what week I wasn't. So if you have three weeks to wait, sometimes it's better than waiting four weeks. So for they sure. want the cutoff line for for the tournaments yeah. to go down to three weeks. Um, the standards for tour pay. So they want that. You want to hear what they, they want? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So they want 500,000 for the top 100 players, 200,000 for the next 75, 100,000 for the rest. So that means guaranteed money. Yeah. Right? I mean, wouldn't that make a difference when you were playing and when I played? Like, if you had guaranteed money, that would really help, right? 
For sure, because you once you're injured or once you don't you win as much or it takes off pressure, and then yeah, you're you're okay to keep on training and get your tournaments. Yeah, and then the fourth thing they want is representation. So that's where the Professional Tennis Players Association comes in. They they have a union. Mm-hmm. Right now, the WTA there's rep, player representatives from one to twenty. I think. 20 to 50, 50 to 100. I don't know what they went down the rankings. And then there's like 500 plus. But really, the player representatives are always up against the agents and the CEO of the tour and the higher ups. And then players really don't have a voice. So this this could be, you know, this is funny. Right now in my pop culture world, world, Oogie, we're having a reality reckoning. Have you heard of this? No. The reality reckoning. Okay, well, I got to get you up to speed. Okay, so Bethany Frankel, who was a New York housewife. Mm-hmm. Okay, she, she was like the OG New York housewife. She made Skinny Girl, this margarita, sold it for $100 million, made her fame on Housewives, but then made her real money off her drink. So mm-hmm. now she's got $100 million and she's parlayed it into a bunch of different things. She has a podcast now. Anyway, she started this whole thing with a couple interviews with former housewives and this other girl, Raquel, from Vanderpump Rules. And she started this reality reckoning. And now Vanity Fair has done an article on Bravo, who runs all the shows of the Housewives of Miami, the Housewives of New York. Anique will know all these housewives. Okay. (laughs) So I just read the expose of the Vanity Fair article Mm -hmm. and it was so interesting because they got the facts right and Bravo is needs to do a whole overhaul. You know, they got to figure things out because a lot of their dirty laundry is airing now. But the writer that wrote the article was like, but I still love Bravo and I wanted to succeed. So Mm -hmm. you have all the fans of the housewives. And then yep. you have the fans that don't think this housewife show is good anymore. I'm a fan because I still love housewives, but I see both sides. So yep. I'm going to segue back to the WTA. This is kind of like the reality reckoning going on. This is the women's tour reckoning going on. All these women need to get together and face the executives and the agents and say, we're done. We need yeah. to have equal scheduling like the men we need to be in 30 countries not 85 countries that's ridiculous matt butterman did a story in the new york times the other day on the scheduling that some of the doubles players had to do uh she had to play in china then fly to cancun and then after Cancun, she has to fly to the Billie Jean King Cup mm. somewhere. I forget where that is. But it's like insane what they have to do to get to these tournaments. So I, you can tell I've been hyped up for a whole week and a half, Oogie. <laughs> I had a lot to say on this. A lot. I mean, a lot yeah. of travel for her as well. Wow, I can't believe that. Yeah, but you know what? I hate to say it, but the ATP, they have their issues too. Yannick Sinner pulled out the other day in Paris because of mm-hmm. scheduling. So he finished at 2.35 a.m. And then that he wanted to, they wanted him to come back the next day and play in the daytime. 
So he okay. pulled out against D Manor because he was like, I'm too exhausted. And he had just won the tournament the week before. Sure. So everybody running the show needs to pull it together and have some empathy for us tennis players. I'm saying us because we both are tennis players. We are not yeah. on the tour, but have some empathy and like, don't just look at the money part, look at the scheduling and what's best for the athlete. And that's why I think if Bethany Maddox Sands is in a high up position, she could, you know, rally a lot of people together. She's awesome. Could, and she's could be interesting. To, yeah, she's close to the players and she's got great ideas moving forward. It's the perfect person to, yeah, to move those, uh, those issues for sure, like you're saying. Yeah, and you know what? If Djokovic is running also the Professional Tennis Players Association and they want to combine the men and women, combine the men and women and get a commissioner. I'm going to say it again. Get one commissioner can be a female can be a male but hopefully it's not like an old white male yes i did say that let's like get somebody young and fresh yeah somebody with, young with a diverse background and like not just the same old boring in the box tennis background i mean can we get mm. it together guys so anyway that's my whole rant without power i've been you know <laughs> <laughs> reading uh, books, Doogie, but after those three days, all my DVR recordings and then all my research, I just, I had a lot to say on this topic. Oh yeah, I can, I can feel it. I can yeah, feel it. but having said that, the last two women standing are Pagula and Sviantek. Oh yeah, and if uh, Ego yeah. wins, she's back to number one, huh? She's back to number one, and the last two people standing are not surprising. If you look at their game styles, in bad conditions. Oh, yeah. Look, Sviantek has really good footwork. She has good positioning. Pagula, mm -hmm. again, gets in position, finds that low flat ball, keeps oh, yeah. cool. It's not surprising those two are in the finals of this, like, ridiculous show we've seen in Cancun. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're both really fighters. Uh, their game styles, I mean, they're... Yeah. They're there so they're they're up there uh yeah i mean good for them they're, they get to get the battle in the finals tomorrow yeah it'll be interesting to see and Iga's, you know she's ready to take back that number one spot and one of my friends who she's a great stage manager at the u.s open and wimbledon she works really hard she's down there as a stage manager and she just said it's like chaos and the weather is just ridiculous Love and that. all the players are up in arms. So I have a little inside information on that one. And so it, it hasn't been the best Cancun-y holiday oh, fun yeah. end of the year championships for the women yeah. or the people working it. What do you think about Iga's uh, red dress there? Huh? Everybody else with the white dress and she shows well, up. I was I was waiting for you to say, Oogie. Okay, so you want to know the, the backstory? Yeah. You're all over, I'm sure you're all over that with the, the opinion, fashion. You know, can't wait to hear what you have to say about that. So you want to hear the... It was, it was on the news uh, this week for us. Uh, I got, again, we got Facebook and Instagram and even the newspaper where it was... Yeah. Where, it you know like what is she doing she's having to okay so did they i didn't read this part but i got the explanation from behind the scenes oh go ahead 
Okay. So basically the WTA, once again, organization, Oogie. Okay. Mm. So they sent out an email and told everybody to bring white for the party. Okay. Okay. A white party. All right. That's fine. People have white parties all the time. We're all white. Well, I guess Iga had this special dress saved from a designer from her country and she wanted to wear it and it was red. So she wrote back and said, I have this dress and it's red. I would Mm -hmm. like to wear this. And they were like, okay, let me check. And then they wrote her back and said, okay, it's fine. But then with all the other women, I don't think they followed up. And so they all showed up in white and Iga was in red. Not the best optics. Not the best like communication people over there. No. Iga's going to wear a red dress. It, it was called, it's like of the, you know, it is from Poland. And in Poland, there's the white and red on the flag. So maybe. Yeah. And a designer color, designed it red. from her from Poland. Yeah. Really and it was a special red. dress. Yeah. It was the color of like women's lips sometimes. It was really Yeah. Red. So th- like, so awesome. that was, that wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy. Like she wasn't uh-huh. being a rebel. She actually said, I'd like to wear this dress. And then they said, okay, but they didn't follow up with everybody else. So then it just kind of looked like uh, kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, it puts her in a rough spot and the other ladies as well. They're like, we didn't know about that. Oh, if I would have known, I would have worn like my Barbie pink dress. Or something. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's another thing. Okay, so have the ceremony. But, you know, let everybody express their individuality. Why does everybody have to wear white? It's not a wedding. It's not a Memorial Day. It's not even Labor Day, right? And also, after Labor Day, it's supposed to be winter white. So Mm -hmm. it looks like summer white. Just a fashion faux pas there. But come on. Don't have a white party. That's, like, basic. Come on. Mix it up. Like, have a, I don't know, have, like, a fun cocktail party wear your cool outfits they're in mexico I yeah mean, you're in mexico Cinco, don't make Cinco everybody wear the same color Cinco de mayo's party animals come on yeah just, but it's not cinco de mayo okay i know you can't have a cinco de mayo party cinco de november but i know <laughs> <laughs> it was but the still, day of the dead though a dia de los muertos party oh see they could have had that Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Everybody dress up really cool to celebrate the Day of the Dead. Anyway, they could have done a lot more than have a white party, but yeah, that's a whole sure. nother thing. They need to get a better PR party planner for those yeah, things. But definitely. Especially if they do it like every year, like we're not thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, do something uh, special. Yeah. just it's, it's the top eight. Look, you work so hard. I never made the top eight, but I worked hard. And so I understand the effort of the yeah. level you have to get there. Yeah. And even though I didn't get there, you those women worked their butts off all year. And this is their time to play the championships and to be celebrated. And they have to go to this disaster of a tournament. And it's just really sad that in 2023, this is happening. It's, it's unreal. You're right, because they deserve to be celebrated. And hey, having that great party, they need to decide whatever they want to wear text each other, come in, you know, all together like it's a pro. It's not like everybody look the same. It's That's just, that's like 1975 right there. Anyway. But, you know, you get to wear white at this place right here. But, I mean, that's good yeah, enough. All, Wimbledon is different. Yeah. It's tradition, yeah. right? That's and totally then, different. And let's but not don't, copy that yeah. anywhere in the, in the year. Exactly. So. I agree. 
All right. Well, that's enough of that. Let's get a commissioner to like get everybody together and have women's tennis be recognized. I know worldwide it's recognized, but it could be bigger. People don't understand what the WTA is. The guy walking down the street, you say WTA, they don't really know it. If you Mm -hmm. say ATP, Mm -hmm. some of them know it, right? You say Davis Cup, more people know. You say Billie Jean King Cup, now they will know because of Billie Jean King, but they still won't understand what it is. But the WTA, the one thing they've never gotten figured out, and I don't really understand why, because I'm not a high executive position of marketing to figure it out, but they really should. It's the highest paid females in sports are in tennis. A lot of them, right? So you would think tennis should be recognized. Women's tennis should be recognized. The WTA should be known like the NBA or NFL, but it's never been marketed the way it should. And Mm -hmm. that's a problem. And they'll say, well, they haven't had the same stars. Well, over the years, we've had tons of stars. It still hasn't been known. The US Open is known. Wimbledon is known. But is the WTA tour known? No. Mm -hmm. So everybody needs to look at that and figure some things out. Yeah, you're right. And let's get those those past famous champions. I mean, like you've named a couple, you know, Martina Vetilova, Steffi Graf, Martina Hengis, Chris Ever. Let's get all these women somehow involved maybe into a group. Well, and- Chris Everett works a lot for the WTA and she does a lot of things with them. It's just um, the the person that is not in the tennis world doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Martina does a lot with them, but the person not in the tennis world that you might want to reach, they don't understand that because it hasn't been marketed the way it should be. Exactly. Let's do that better. And that's just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. Right. Okay. So now, Oogie, let's throw it to you. The ball is in your court. It's your serve. So tell me your topic of the day. All right. Well, topic of the day is definitely uh the style the gameplay the game styles for uh for tennis right now so you know how many game styles there are let's start with i'm that. going to say yeah. four maybe five that's exactly it there is four you know different game styles and then the fifth one is the overall one that sh- you, you want to have you know so yes. there you go that's awesome great uh great brain there because the first one let's enumerate them real quick the first one is a pusher whoever wants to just keep the ball back in play uh, as long as as long as it takes uh, and you know people that just want to put the ball back in play make you miss they they're super in shape so those pushers the ultimate defensive player at that's a wall. kinder kinder version than pusher but us tennis players like to call them pushers yeah exactly so uh yeah it's just that the person just puts the ball back in used to be more of them back then you know of course because of the this the you know the speed and pace of play was less less quick but in today's game there's not that many real pushers you know you can call rafael nadal a pusher when he came on tour because he was standing way back to the baseline with those big loopy forehands like finishing behind his head a lot of high spin loop balls uh yep. characteristics for you know for somebody that just wants to wait and wait for the errors and they're super in shape 
Uh, they don't come to the net. So that's some characteristics right there. So people at home, might, they might say, oh, I'm a pusher. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all know? right. So that's number one. What's number uh, two? You have uh, the placement player. So whoever has good hands and they they move the opponent around, they slice the ball, they hit drop shots. They can also come sometimes to the net, but they just want to move the person around. Most of the time, okay. those players in, you know, in our cities, they play, they don't move that quick. <clears throat> they don't have that great of a footwork. That's why they have great hands and they want to use that to make sure they're not getting run around <laughs> the yes. first kind of that player as well. Cause I wasn't moving that well. I was uh, playing hockey instead of tennis. So I was not running, I was ice skating. And then I've got a good hand. So right away I was okay. I was able to move the, the opponent around a lot. So yep. that's the second one. And then the third one, you move into, uh, into today's game a lot more because you have a power baseliner. So that's the third one for sure. And a lot of, especially on the WTA tour, a lot of girls are that for sure. Yep. You can think about Sabalenka, uh, you know, you've got Madison Keys, uh, Petra Kvitova, and those are three very good examples of, they just want to hit flat, hit you off the court with their big pace, big forehand, uh, big backhand as well. So that's, that's the third one. Yeah, exactly. Huge serve on the, on the men's side. That's exactly it. You know, you've got those Ben Shelton, uh, Milos Raonic is in there, Nick Kyrgios, uh, even Rublev is there because he has huge ground strokes. He just wants Remember to Remember Ka Karlovich? Oh, yeah, Ivo. Ivo Karlovich. <laughs> Ivo Karlovich. He would serve in volley a little bit, though, so he's more, could be more of a net rusher as well. But Yeah, he, maybe. He a little big. bit. All right, a, what's a, number four? A lot of times players are, are mixed. You know, it's rare that somebody, especially... It's just one. They're not a, like a 90% yeah. player. I mean, a couple of them were like Edberg, McEnroe, but then, yeah, today's game, you have to be more of a complete player. And yeah. then the fourth one, of course, is the, the one we said, like, you have to go to the net. So a net player. So whoever, you know, net players, you just start the rally and then suddenly you go to the net. Like and Patrick Rafter. Yeah, Patrick Rafter, Stefan Edberg. All right. Well, then you got to get the fifth one. Oh, the fifth one is exactly, it's the complete player. So the complete player, more like a Roger Federer who doesn't mind coming into the net because he's so natural there. And then suddenly he's rallying on grass against Nadal, that epic final. Yep, what, the all-court player, he lost. That's right? Why, that's probably why you lost because he just wants to outgrind Nadal. He was probably a little <laughs> bit, he wanted to prove himself and the world that he was able to rally with Rafa. But yeah, he didn't have to do that to win. He just, you know. I don't know. All right. So out of all these ones right now, we're going to pick which one today? Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about the aggressive baseline. I mean, okay. that's that's the most, you know, the most special run right now. And everybody, you know, even even when we teach our kids, of course, we want to give them to me in the order. When I teach, it's I want my kids to be a pusher first, make sure they want to hit balls in play. You know, mm -hmm. then I want them to place the ball, you know, make the opponent move around, know how to hit a cross-court shot or a down the line whenever they have to, uh, hit a drop shot sometimes, hit a lob if somebody, and then I want them to hit harder, and then I want them to move to the net. So for me, that's the progression for the game styles whenever I teach. And uh, hopefully the kids, anybody at home, they can you know teach that way because you really help your players if you progress that way. For sure. Yeah, I like I like that, but I have to say I do the opposite with the hitting. I don't I don't start with pushing. Well, you know you know, Oogie, I'm not a pusher. I but know. I start with consistently hitting through the ball. Good. Right? But 
like the word consistency because it's still a poor a sport of errors. So you don't want to make mistakes. You want to yeah, you don't want to make mistakes, but I want them to get their hit with the technique so they don't start bunting the ball. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was talking about way when yeah, like whenever they start, whenever they first hit a ball. Oh like yeah, you gotta get them over. It's gotta get over the court. Yeah, when they're little. Old and even adults when they begin, I want them to be just okay. Let's let's try to hit twenty balls in a row. One, yeah. Two, three. Oh, we're missing. Okay, let's do it again. One, two, three. And then they get close to 20. And then, okay, let's go 50. That's good. But then I want men, you know, then I coach them more technically to hit more, you know, hit more out of the ball. But first, let's get some balls in the court. <laughs> I mean, it's so You know, it was funny. Um, Luke told me, Luke Jensen, great yeah. doubles player, great singles player, lefty, dual hand. He could do both hands. He told me he puts his kids on the wall. Yeah to get them consistently hitting the same shot with their footwork. Awesome. And I thought that was really good. He he loves the wall. That's old school, right? It is really old school because I remember like 15 years ago, a, a ITF uh, survey came out because we were, we used to get like the ITFs, uh, you know, sheet of paper by mail at the club. Yeah. Now it's more emails. I think there's no way we're getting mail no. from, from our <laughs> our box and uh that survey said that 100 of the atp and wp wta players like starting playing tennis before age of 12 did uh walls wall hitting like when they were young 100 of them yeah. not a single one did not hit you know a lot into a wall so that that yeah. tells something you know you're passionate the about walls it. kind of a outdated thing i have a wall i have a board backboard on my court and all the kids like to go over there and hit on it awesome. i still let them do it i grew up hitting on a backboard for sure for sure i mean yeah you you'd go to tournaments and there'd be a backboard i mean it's kind of sad now you go to tournaments there aren't any backboards anymore or, or you know just the cement walls with that little line that was the yeah. net Exactly. Yeah, it's still a great exercise. Ray Ruffles taught me this volley drill mm -hmm. that is it's fabulous because it helps build the strength in your wrist and you got to hit it a million times against the wall. You have to do like backhand, 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 or you do yep. backhand, forehand, backhand. So he would have me do like backhand, backhand, forehand, and then we go forehand, forehand, backhand, and then you go forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, and you keep it going for like 200 balls. Oh, yeah, and you, you have, have to, to aim, move you your body with it. In the middle. You have to yep. aim in the middle. The, the angle is like 45 degrees. So it's yeah. Funny. And you, if That's you awesome. go too low, you got to bend with it. If you go too high, you got to raise your racket up. So it, it's like all encompassing. It's a great drill. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when. All right. So back to the aggressive baseliner. Okay. Yep. So how do you become aggressively? How do you become an aggressive baseliner in your game? Does it yeah. have to be your personality first, or can you be a little bit timid but still be an aggressive baseliner? A great or question. do you just have to be like totally aggressive, intense to be that? Normally, it, it goes with your personality as well. Because if you're really outgoing, relaxed, chilling from California, <laughs> just chill. I mean, sometimes you're not, you don't sense the urge of coming to the net and finishing points and hitting hard. Uh, but you know, basically once you, you get to play, you grow your game and then suddenly you realize, okay, I can hit harder and I can win quicker with the points. Uh, and I like that. So suddenly you're like becoming that type of player. And 
once you you see uh, players on TV, you're like, okay, I, I have to talk about hard because otherwise, you know, these guys and these girls are really hitting huge, and you know they're making the opponent on the stretch and in in the corner. So uh, you've be, you're becoming that player for sure. You're being more aggressive. You wanna you know you want to play aggressive tennis. So uh, you know suddenly in the you know 11, 12 range of uh, age, then normally those players are starting to hit harder and. That's when you decide. Okay, I'm gonna hit hard, and I'm gonna come to the net later on. So that's the that's the coach's situation there. I mean, the players enjoy the game, and so the coach has to have that vision of saying, okay, you're gonna yeah. be that that's your first coaches when you were young. Uh, you know, you're like, okay, you're gonna be having a one-handed backhand. You're gonna come to the net. You're gonna be tall, having big serves. That's yep. been yep. somebody saw that. Okay, Ugi. So aggressive baseliner. Does it matter about your personality? Do you have to be like intense and aggressive to be an aggressive baseliner or can you be a little bit calm, a little bit chill and then turn it on on the court? Or is it when you start playing and what you learn from your coaching? Yeah. Well, your coach have, your coach has to have the vision for sure. I mean, he sees you, he sees you developing. He's going to know exactly at what period you need to be more aggressive. Uh, once you get older, you know, it gets stronger. Uh, you get the 12, 13, 14 year old, then you start to hit big. So that's when you, you're going to make a switch instead of being more like the style before, which places the ball, you got to be more aggressive, hitting harder. Uh, and your personality is a lot into account because if you're, you know, you're a teenager and then you're more like less patient than normal. And then, and suddenly you want to, you know, you're going to naturally hit the ball harder. Um, so yeah, there you go. I mean, on, on tour, those players are awesome, and they want to they want to make sure that they're not on the defense because, you know, counter puncher of course on the ATP is still the great, you know, attribute because you see Novak and all these guys on top of the rankings, uh, Hercash and Fritz, and they can always counter punch very well. They can attack as well, but they once you attack them, yeah, they, they can, can do both. Yeah, they can do both. So well, on the tour, it's a bit different. I mean, we're kind of just basically saying like when you're starting when you're a junior player or an mm -hmm. adult player and then on the tour you obviously have to have a lot of things right you got to be able to defend you have to be able to do offense and even aggressive baseliners what we talked about Rabakina, Sabalenka, Kvitova well Kvitova doesn't defend as well but Rabakina and Sabalenka they can defend when they need to it's not fabulous mm -hmm. but they can defend they so, can run well and they can slide. Yeah, Kavitova, when she's in the mood, can defend. You're right. right. <laughs> You're right. I mean, that's the and that's the main game style uh, for for now. So yeah. There okay. You go. All right. Cool. Well, I like that. All right. Well, that was a good ball is in Yugi's court. I can't wait to get to the other three. Mm -hmm. That'll Next be week. a lot of fun. Okay. So we gotta oh we gotta give hats off to Djokovic. He struggled through that Paris tournament, a couple matches. He, he yeah. just he pulled Runa, it together, Runa, right? Rublev. Yeah, Runa and Rublev, <laughs> the double R's. Oof. Yeah. yeah, but he found a way to win, and that's why he's such a great champion, and he won the yeah. tournament. And, awesome. hey, hats off to Dimitrov as well. He had a very good run. He put right. together a lot of good wins. Very, very impressive. For me, it's, you know, me, baby fed is, is there. He's there right now. Yeah, yeah, and sad for Taylor Fritz that he had to pull out and his season is over. And you know what? Francis Tiafo and Ben Shelton, they had a great 2023. Now they get to go rest.
go in the off season. I'm sure we'll talk about training in the off season in one of our podcasts. Sure. And so we'll, we'll get to talk about the ATP championships soon. Um, tomorrow, Pagula Sviantek are playing. So we'll keep an eye out on that and have a review. Uh, I'm wearing my University of Colorado sweatshirt, Oogie. I'm still, still, still rooting for them. Yeah, <laughs> they, you know, they're, they're yeah. trouble. The, yeah. the offensive coordinator was asked to step down by Coach Prime. He's still figuring out his team. Mm -hmm. uh, he just he needs an offensive line for Shadur because oh, yeah. I mean, you, you got you got to get that together, right? Once you have a good quarterback, you need that that offensive line to protect. Yeah. And because it helps to the, for the running game as well, because you can't yeah, just throw the exactly. ball all the because the, yeah. the opponent would be, you know. So, you know, they'll figure it out. This is their, They're still in their fighting. They're probably yeah. not going to get to a bowl game, but this is his first year. First years, exactly. we know, freshman years are always tough. Mm -hmm. And NFL, hey, NFL week nine's going on. Hey, Travis and Taylor are still going strong. Travis Kelsey is now not telling the press when Taylor is showing up because did you hear about this? The sport, the bookies, they're yeah. like, so when he, it's all like they're doing all these facts. When she shows up, he plays better. Oh, yeah. So right. now if she shows up, the sport bet guys, right? The Vegas guys and everybody yeah, else that bets. It's no changing the algorithm. So now he's not going to say if she's showing up or not because he doesn't want to change anything. It's so funny. So Taylor Swift has literally affected the sports world of betting. She, does. she can add that to her list, right? Yeah. Put that on the resume. Yeah. Okay. So next week, let's talk about the serve. You know, the players are going in the offseason, as I mentioned before, and a lot of players like to work on their serve in the offseason. Yannick Sinner worked on his serve during the season, yeah. and it's been a big benefit for him sliding up instead of doing the platform serve. So I'm sure he's going to keep tweaking it. I know a lot of other players are going to work on their serve, maybe get a biomechanical specialist come in. So we'll have to discuss how you break down the serve in the off season to improve it. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. All Can't right, wait. cool. Okay, so the quote of the day, you ready for it? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, this applies to every sport, and it's from an iconic coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, you ready for it? Mm -hmm. A crushing setback today, yes, but I've learned that something constructive comes from defeat. Nice. Yeah. So it's a shout out to Coach Prime because he's just having crushing setback after crushing setback. But he's learning from his defeat. You yeah. and I have learned from our defeat. Oh, yeah. And every other tennis player out there, you guys learn from your defeat. You get up, you pick yourself up, and then you go win and you feel way better. Right? That's it. Okay. So guess who said that? Who was it's a famous either, coach from Dallas either, Cowboys? It's either Coach Landry or Johnson. Okay, you're right. It's Tom Landry. I know my quotes. You know your quotes, Oogie. All I right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was great. And you know your and you know your football. Oh, bit, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was serving aces. Thank you, Oogie. That was a lot of fun. We had a lot to talk about. And we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.